Welcome to the Homeschool Unlocked podcast, the show that helps parents see homeschooling as a unique opportunity. So forget fear. You can inspire. You can guide your child. Homeschool Unlocked. It's not school. It's life. Knock, knock. Who's there? A door. A door who? Oh. A door is between us. Open up. You got it. You got it, my queen. You want me to open up this door? I'll open it up. I'll unlock it for both us and for the community. Good day, Homeschool Unlock community. This is Jesus Aviles, and that was my queen, Monica Aviles. Yes, and if you're new to us, welcome. We have six children. We've been homeschooling for 20 years, and we love sharing about homeschooling with you so that you can see homeschooling in a totally new light, and we believe that this should be on your bucket list. Absolutely. And if it's part of your bucket list, if you've listened to any of the episodes that we've had season one and we're somewhere in season two, you know that we we say to you, hey, there's an experience, there's a joy to be had here at homeschool that you can get nowhere else. But one thing that we haven't spoken about are some of the pressures and some of the measures that come along with making that decision, right? The decision to homeschool comes with certain pressures that you take on. This is about looking at homeschooling as more than the academics. It's about building relationships and character. But even though we want to bring out these beautiful qualities, when you make this decision, there are pressures that you are going to encounter more likely than not. Yeah, and our experience kind of identified uh, four um, pressure points, four sources of pressure. The first is the non-homeschool community, right? Most of us will be transitioning out of some sort of traditional school system into the homeschool community. A second source is the homeschool community itself. There's some expectations and pressures that come along with that. Your family, right? When I think family, I think of extended family, right? Maybe not the nuclear family since we probably had a conversation, us together, uh, before we uh, made this choice. And if you didn't, uh, maybe you should do that first. (laughs) And then the last source of pressure, some self-imposed pressure. It's nice when going on this uh, journey that you're aware of some of these things. Yes, sir. So my queen, anything new happening in your life? What, What are you working on? I am on Instagram at mrs.moni.aviles and I share daily tips and motivation there. I would love to interact with you there. So please share what topics you're interested in hearing more about. Four sources of pressure. The first is the non-homeschool community. Yeah, when it comes to the traditional school system, that's what we were, well, that's what I was a part of. However, my last day of school as a teacher happened when my water broke with our oldest. I was covering someone else's study hall. My water broke and that was my last day of teaching. But I think that you can definitely speak more to the pressures that you might feel from a traditional school setting. Yeah, with regards to sources, source number one of pressure is that non-homeschool community, the traditional. That's going to probably be a bit more my alley. I had plenty of conversations with folks who always questioned me tied to why are you deciding to homeschool? The reality is their main concern is this social component. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I mean, even even traditional public, private charter school folk recognize a level of uh, academic 
excellence that's found in homeschool. So the conversation isn't, wow, your kid's not going to get into college, right? At this particular point, are expecting your kids to excel academically. So the concerns and questions that come along tend to usually deal with regards to social aspects. And just like most things, you got to think through that aspect just a little bit. And so I would always inform my um, non-homeschool friends, and there's a tons of them, you know, that you need to literally plan for that. Just like you would plan for reading, writing, and arithmetic and and the special courses or the electives a kid has, you need to actively think through the kid's involvement, right? So we would get some kids in jiu-jitsu, some in basketball, some in soccer, several different settings, gatherings. You know, homeschool communities really work together with their co-op groups and have gatherings that, that are planned and scheduled out, right? Like some things require direct instruction in this particular case. If you're stepping into the homeschool world, one of the questions or concerns coming in from the outside is, are you doing this in a cave? Is this good for your kids' social and communication skills? And so just be aware you're going to have to have that conversation. Just be ready for that. One. And the other interesting thing to consider is that unlike maybe a more traditional setting where you have hours all day with your student surrounded by other students their age and then a lot of after-school activities. So they're actually being socialized but with a very narrow age range and a lot of maybe things that are not related to academics and, and not really related to growing learning skills. In. But with homeschooling, the neat thing is that you do get to balance that time where you have individualized attention, you have interaction with different ages and not just your student interacting with other classmates their same age. And then you can schedule in other activities, even in the homeschool world. If you're not careful, you'll, you won't be at home. There's so much you can choose to be involved with yeah. and participate in. And you mentioned another bucket being the homeschool community. Yeah. That I mean it looks a little different, but you do have different homeschool groups. You have different homeschool approaches. You might have a more Charlotte Mason, you might have classical, you might have unschooling. You have different communities. Each community has kind of its own goals, its own approach. As a parent also because you're homeschooling, there is definitely the opportunity slash expectation that Mm -hmm. you are more leading and actively participating within the group. So those are different considerations because you're you're now you're at home and you have I mean it's amazing all the different things that are available in the homeschool world. Some are groups that you can attend in person. Some are classes that you can attend virtually. Even as a family with young children, you can go and attend things together virtually or in person. And again, each community has its own culture. So you have to pick something that aligns with what you're wanting to grow in and focus on. Those expectations, even though they could be looked at as pressures because they align with what you want it's not negative but certainly if you are in a homeschool group and it doesn't align you would feel like those expectations are maybe weighing you down maybe so sliding over to number three which are the pressures that come from extended family you're going to get a lot of uh, curious looks Uh, you're going to have a lot of conversations where you almost want to feel like you have to defend yourself but you don't yeah all I think you really need to do is just be sure to articulate why You want to homeschool and the beauty behind it. I mean, who's not going to fall in love with that? Now, they may have concerns or questions or want to dabble into what are you going to use for teaching reading and writing and arithmetic, all the subject matters. They may have even have a conversation about the social elements to it. Talk to them about your passion, the experience that you want. I mean, who's going to fight against that? 
you might also just be used to having these kinds of conversations. For example, we got married. We weren't even that young. We got married. I was 21 years old. Jesus was 24. 24. I was an old man, middle age. <laughs> and we had extended family that thought that was too early. So these things come up. Extended family, generally, there is some kind of thought that they're trying to help you and protect you. Oh, you know, we just don't want you... Well, it could even be actually not only when you get married, but then when you have more than two kids. Yeah. And we're just and, looking out for you. And then How about you, you look out for yourself? And then when you decide to homeschool. And so these conversations are just ongoing. And they're usually something like, we just don't want you to put too much on your plate. Or we don't want you to t- you know, bite off more than you can chew. And you can listen and respectfully say, I hear you. And here's why we're going to do it. Sometimes you're going to have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And so let's transition to pressure source number four, you. Self-imposed pressures. Fears, thoughts, insecurities, concerns that you bring to the table about what you're bringing to the table. Right? Legitimate source of concern. So having a conversation with yourself, with those that you love, with, with those a little bit more mature in this particular process, listening to a podcast like this is an excellent way to address or combat that particular source. But you need to understand in making the decision to have this experience, you will have moments of self-doubt, of concern, of anxiety and worry. But none of those things, none of those things to stop you from doing what you're doing. Well, and we, I mean, there were actually times when we first started, I asked, I asked, there was one family in particular that I asked, can I go to your house and just see what a homeschooling day looks like in all of its transparent, raw glory? Amen. <laughs> just can I be a fly on the wall in your house? And tell me, how the, how'd that day go, baby? Yeah, it went really well. I mean, I got to see, it was actually Shalene Gavilan, and I got to see Shalene, and she was wearing her apron and a timer around her neck, and the kids were in the kitchen, and there was movement and breakfast and recitation of some memorized information and facts, and so it was just great. I literally took note to see how she structured her day. I read books. I highlighted books. I spoke to parents. So... I'm just trying to, at that point, just spend a lot of time kind of getting, you know, sometimes you grow wide and sometimes you grow deep. Yes, ma'am. And so at that time, I was just trying to get, I was trying to go wide. Let me just kind of get a feel for different approaches to homeschooling, Mm -hmm. what it would look like in a home. We, We also knew the Pinos and so got to see them and be in their home. So it was just a great time when you do have, I mean, that's, I think, a good thing that you can a good way to connect with your extended family is be honest about your strengths and your weaknesses and the areas that you have where you are go- you're going to need help. You can go to them and say, hey, I would love if in this area you could help me buy yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And so that way they are realizing you have maybe a more level-headed mm-hmm. view of yeah. your strengths and weaknesses. You're willing to ask for help. There's some humility. I mean, you might not be able to do that with everybody in your extended family. There are sure, definitely sure. some members that you're just going to have to draw the boundary line and say you have made it ab- abundantly clear that you do not agree with this choice. I hear you. I respectfully disagree, and there's no need to bring this up every time. Thank you very much. Now, my love, that was all wonderfully said. Thank you for sharing. It's actually an extension of this particular podcast. 
which is us simply sharing with you all the jewels and gems and and uh, beauties that got us to this particular point. So, so Monica simply asking before we had any kids that we chose to homeschool, going in, looking at families, and people opening up their homes to that was a wonderful blessing that we're just simply looking to move forward. So we had a conversation about four sources of pressure, right? You are making the decision to homeschool. There are some pressures that come alongside with that. But the title of this particular session is Pressures and Measures. Mm -hmm. And so let me ask you, my queen, what are some of the measures that, that kind of communicate, hey, this is a healthy homeschool climate that, that we're creating here? Yeah, well, and really quick, too, just with regards to self-imposed pressures, actually, those are probably the most sinister because they're the thoughts in your own head. And so it's, it can be easier to kind of block other pressures but the ones the doubts the self-imposed doubts and fears are the trickiest that however can be used as a measure right if you're if a measure is peace joy like the fruits of the spirit are the fruits of the spirit operating in your household mm -hmm. during your homeschool day that's a measure that's an that is an absolute measure especially from the angle that we're speaking about here at Homeschool Unlocked, where we're looking at climate, experience, environment that you get in homeschool, right? Our conversations aren't necessarily centered around how to get X reading score, X math score, what curriculums to choose, yes, right? So we're we're yeah. talking about relationships. Yeah, and... we talk about big, big, we're big on relationships here. And so when you're, uh, uh, in terms of measures of success in this particular climate. Okay, you got the fruits of the spirit. Right, and because we're not talking about grades and testing, you're seeing evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, that part of your homeschool climate, there's also a rhythm to the day. Yes, you have a time that your children wake up, a time that you wanna be done with your homeschool day, but in between, Although you're not having a bell go off every 30 minutes and be following a very strict schedule, is there a general rhythm to your day? Do your kids know we start here, then we progress over to our reading time, then we move on to, you know, is there a rhythm? Do you have specific characteristics, which actually goes back to season one. We talked about within the first three or four episodes, characteristics that you want in your homeschool. Do you have reasonable expectations for yourself and for your children? For example, a reasonable expectation might be that you are able to spend 15 minutes working through math without getting upset, without becoming overly frustrated. Well, then just spend 15 minutes. And then as you go on and you build, you, you will be able to move up to 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is. But like, it will build. Be patient with yourself. Be mm -hmm. patient with your children. Have reasonable expectations. That doesn't mean low or poor. It just means expectations that work within your season of life. Are you tired because you were up with a baby the night before and it's going to be really difficult to teach lots of math that day? Well, then play a math game instead. Um, your children, where are they at? Are they getting easily frustrated because they're really, they've reached the end of maybe their ability to process something? Okay, well, have reasonable expectations. So not to belabor that. But then I think another one would be also achievable goals. So instead of saying, hey, I want you to write a five paragraph paper by the end of second grade, 
Uh, <laughs> you, that might be an expectation at some places. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, just have it be reasonable. Those are measures with looking at the health of your homeschool climate. So my background um, as a uh, licensed school psychologist deals with special education. And when I think of special education, you think of these IEPs, these individual education plans, you begin to think about all the domains in terms of when you're developing goals for a child, there are several different domains. I'm going to rattle a couple off. So while you're thinking through, okay, how am I going to measure my student's performance? The first one is academic, right? When you think of those traditional school subjects, you want to see, you know, in a given year, how your child progresses and moves toward um, success in those areas academically. You have academic goals, right? You could also have communication goals, right? I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you want your child to be able to articulate what he or she is learning. But when I think of communication, you're thinking a lot of of expressive and receptive skills, right? You want to build vocabulary levels. You also want to think about, you know, functional skills, living skills, right? Chores, believe it or not, that is actually something to be taught, something to be directly taught. Absolutely. You heard it from the queen herself. So living skills, right? That's another measure of performance. You got social skills, emotional skills, behavioral skills, right? Those are three different domains. Social skills, relationships, how to carry on conversations, how to listen, how to respond, how to just, how to stay on subject. Some of those, some of our kids need to have that directly taught to them, right? You have emotional, emotional regulation, emotional control, right? You have that stuff we're working some of our kids through. Behavioral, I had mentioned that. You have some challenging behaviors that we got to tweak. We did have an episode in season one talking about how to specifically replace inappropriate behaviors. It seems to be a popular one. Maybe I'll just bring that back in a future episode. You have the cognitive domain, right? When you're thinking of individual education plans, you have cognitive, um, the cognitive domain. Now, what do I mean by the cognitive domain? This actually tends to be my, my, I would say my bread and butter, my expertise. These are the skills that aren't necessarily directly taught, but can be, you know, let's, let's look at it. Process speed, decision-making, memory. Chances are you don't engage in direct activities to build these underlying skills, but you could. So that's another conversation we can have. And then you have the last little domain that I'm going to talk about today is whole health and safety, right? I mean, walking your kids through fire drills in a house. What do you do if there's a fire? here? I mean, these health and safety, brushing your teeth, getting properly dressed. These are all health and safety concerns and is part of instruction that can take place at home. So going into the measures of a student's pro- progress or process or performance, all those things could possibly be that. So you got to just think through that just a little bit. That kind of wraps up our conversations tied to pressures and measures that come into play when you're making this particular decision to homeschool. We decided, you know what, this is going to be a pretty instructional podcast. And I love when you share our podcast. Thank you for continuing to do that. And we look forward to talking again next Wednesday. See you later, Gators. Nope, unless you're a Knowles fan. Sorry about that. Or a hurricane. (laughs) Thank you for spending time with us today. Check out our link below and subscribe to our podcast. We hope that we helped you by unlocking a new way of seeing homeschooling. Who else needs to hear this? Only you know. So take action and share it. Because remember, homeschool unlocked. It's not school. It's life.